Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Bay Area Panthers pod. Part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Grandy and Evan Kiddings. Time for another episode of the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. My name is Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings with me as always. Off of another Bay Area Panthers win, this time on the road, 44-42 to the final score. The Bay Area Panthers come out on top over the Tucson Sugar Skulls down in Arizona, Bay Area now 6-3 and three on the year, 5-2 and two in West Conference play, and they are atop the Western Conference as it stands right now, and they are still ranked number two in the latest coaches poll. This is a, a Bay Area Panthers team, Evan, that is playing incredible football. Uh, they, they're rarely stumbling at this stage of the season. They come out with a with a very narrow victory, and they do something that we talked about last week, something they haven't done consistently, win on the road. I know this one could have gone either way, like one of their other road wins earlier in the season, but still just very nice to see this Bay Area Panthers team pick up a, a road win against a quality opponent. Yeah, absolutely. Like Tucson is is not a team to be trifled with, and they have a lot of veteran players, a lot of players that have competed and succeeded in the IFL as well as the AFL prior to. So, you know, I, I thought this was a quality win for the Bay Area Panthers for a couple of reasons, and I hope it doesn't sound like a backhanded compliment, but they did not play their best game against Tucson. And in fact, they might have even got bailed out in a couple of instances by the sugar schools, by you know a well-timed penalty. Um, so Bay Area in this game, to me, absolutely deserved to win because they made the plays when they had to. And that, to me, Mark, in a way, almost made it more impressive because they didn't have their best foot. They didn't put it forward, but they had guys step up at needed times. They played complimentary football, and that's what you need to do in order to win on the road. It's not always going to be pretty, um, but... You know, the defense stepped up when the offense kind of stuttered and the offense vice versa stepped up when the defense stuttered a little bit. So to me right now, Bay Area has has a really good vibe going and the chemistry and cohesion is clearly there on the field. And, and so it was fun to watch that football game and see them not always 
100% succeed. But at the end of the day, fight through. And, and I thought they battled through a lot of adversity uh, down in the desert. Yeah, they really did. After the one and two start, remember they won their first game of the year and then lost two in a row. Since those uh, two straight losses, the second of which came at home to this same Tucson team, by the way, Bay Area is five and one, and their only loss uh, is a one point loss on the road at Northern Arizona, the defending IFL champions. Now, of course, they are a much different team this year than last year, but still a quality opponent. Now, two of those five wins over their last six games. Uh, we're on the road in kind of coin flip games, the one in San Diego and then this one as well against Tucson. So the five and one record could easily be different, but still they've won five of their last six games. They're playing really good football. And one of the major boxes, again, that they hadn't really checked for the most part was doing it on the road. And they did it here in this one. And, and one thing that stood out to me, Evan, uh, in watching this game, unfortunately, we weren't down there in Tucson. Our colleagues had the call on 95-7, the game Dave Lewis and company do a great job as always. But one thing that stood out to me watching the video feed was just Bay Area's ability to bounce back in the game after a bad possession, after a bad moment. Tucson scored uh, to start the game. They got the ball to start the game, and they went down and scored and then what does Bay Area do when they get the ball? A one-play drive, a Nye Jackson 34-yard touchdown catch, uh, and Bay Area, just like that, ties the game up. Uh, and then what happens? The defense goes out there, and J.R. Stevens gets an interception, gives the ball right back to his offense. And what happens on Bay Area's next offensive play? Another touchdown. This one was a 14-yard Justin Rankin run. So, Evan, in back-to-back -back games, Bay Area scored on their first two plays from scrimmage, and this one, in, in this game against Tucson, came after giving up a score, and suddenly you blink and you're back ahead already. So the way that Bay Area was able to respond, and, and they did it in a, in a later stretch in this game as well that we'll get to, but the way that they responded early on after allowing a touchdown immediately scoring, then getting a quick turnover and immediately scoring back. He kind of just punched Tucson right in the mouth immediately and took away the advantage they had by getting the ball and by scoring first. Yeah, and it's not easy to force turnovers against a guy like Ramon Atkins, who is a dual-threat quarterback. He only completed seven passes in this game, Mark, and I know a lot of it was because Tucson had a ton of success on the ground, and Atkins did as well. Uh, but for that pass defense to step up on the road in that fashion, I thought it was very impressive. And you know, I also thought that even though they did score in their first two plays of the game, I'm always curious about how that sort of affects the defensive side of the football because hmm. the Panthers are going to force their guys to be out there for longer. And to their credit, the defense is not giving up those kind of quick strike drives. They're forcing Tucson to, to pound the rock and try and chew clock, as evident by Tucson's, I believe it was their third possession in which they went nine plays for 45 yards, did end in a touchdown, but they took six minutes off the clock on that one possession. So how does that affect you later in the game? Well, so far, they haven't shown many signs of, of fatigue, and that was kind of my concern against Frisco in the middle of that game was how maybe Frisco was trying to wear them down a little bit was Tucson this week, trying to wear them down a little bit. There was no, I, I, I thought, you know, sense of fatigue from Bay area. And I think 
a lot of that is because of some of the rotational players that we can get into that that factor on the defensive side of the football, both in the secondary as well as the linebacking position and, of course, the defensive line. Uh, but to me, for, for a second straight game, even though you're looking up at the scoreboard, you see 42 points against, 55 points against the week before against Frisco. I thought the defense has played a very physical brand of football, and they have shown me that their stamina is as good as any team in football because when your offense goes out and there's scores immediately, mm-hmm. that forces you to basically play against the clock, and you're going to lose time of possession. And I thought they did a great job of overcoming that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you mentioned that drive. It was just over six minutes in, in total when you include the time after the touchdown. Uh, Tucson also had a three-minute, 44-second drive, three-minute, 50 drive, and then their final drive, which ended in a touchdown, where they were trying to go as quick as possible when they're working against the clock down to the end of the game, took four minutes and 51 seconds. So, um, of course, those still ended in scores, Evan, but I, I think there is something to be said for Bay Area making it difficult on their opponent's offense as well. Not all scores are created equal, um, and I think Bay Area is is certainly making their opponents earn it. And Tucson did do a good job on those drives, ending in scores. But 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 the fact that it it took so long, considering Bay Area was in the lead for for most of the stretch of this game, I, I think uh, goes well for Bay Area. And then the the other area that that really stood out after Bay Area got those two touchdowns to take that lead late in the first quarter, they eventually. Uh, get down near the end zone after Tucson ties it up. They get all the way down to the two-yard line, and then unfortunately a negative play and a penalty pushes them all the way back. They have to settle for a field goal by Aiden Johnson, who makes it, by the way, his first made field goal of the year, and that puts Bay Area up by just a field goal, 17-14 to 14 early in the second quarter. And then what happens after that? Tucson goes on a run, a 16-0 run, in fact, a touchdown to Carrington Thompson from 37 yards out. And then uh, Imeek Watkins really struggled with the ensuing kickoff return, barely got out of the end zone. It sets up a Dalton Sneed safety. But not only do you give Tucson a couple of points, but they get the ball right back. They go down, they turn it into a touchdown again. And you were just ahead by three points a couple of minutes ago. And now it's a 16-0 run and a 30-17 to Tucson lead late in the second quarter. That was a gigantic stretch in, of this game, Evan. And I think if that stretch happened to Bay Area early in the year, they would not have responded like they did in this one. They get a touchdown to close the second half. They get a touchdown early in the third quarter. They respond to the 14, pardon me, the 16-0 Tucson run with a 14-0 run of their own. I think, again, just speaking to Bay Area's uh, comfort level with each other right now, it's not something we saw in Massachusetts early in the year when they lost a tough road game, when they were susceptible to some of these swings. These swings still happened in this game. Just Bay Area was able to respond to them much better. And I think that's a a big sign of of this team really growing up over the last month or, or six weeks or so. No, I, I'm 100% with you, and and I think that you know that kind of aligns with with our opening theme of this, uh, which is you know resiliency, which is kind of a, a coming together on the road, being able to win now two very close football games. This one not exactly at the buzzer like it was against San Diego, uh, but being able to come out on top 
against a tough opponent on the road. And to me, I'm glad you brought up that that tail end of the half because even though it does sound like Bay Area went on this, you know, two touchdown stretch, um, they did not exactly, you know, play their their best ball during sure. that time. Like they, I know they scored with a, a little bit over a minute left, but then their defense actually goes out and gets a stop, and they get the ball back with a chance to turn a two for one. You know, you get able to score going into the half, you get the ball back out at the beginning of the half, and. In fact, they get turned over on downs, knocking on the door. Tucson, I thought, did a really good job throughout the game of basically giving the area whatever they wanted inside the 10s. Uh, but in the red zone, they really made the Panthers work a whole lot. And I thought Bay Area towards the tail end of the half he was trying to find something. Uh, Dalton Sneed actually got bailed out, I thought, on a throw. I think it was a third down towards the tail end of the first half in which he just didn't see the linebacker who kind of bluffed a blitz and then dropped back Terrell didn't see him over the middle that pass could have been intercepted instead it was batted down they ended up not scoring so they weren't hurt but then coming out of the half they don't score uh and in fact Barria gets nothing and immediately Ramon Atkins turns around and gets an interception and picks off Ramon Atkins. Then they go down and score the ensuing possession. So that two for one never happened. Bay Area didn't have exactly its most efficient, you know, set of drives going in and coming out of the half, but they still find themselves with the lead at the end of it because where the offense stuttered, the defense picked them up, handed them back the baton. And I thought it was a great display of complimentary football. And like you're saying, you know, being comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. It, you, it's easy just to look at, you know, the box score and say, well, they scored a touchdown there. They scored a touchdown there. It's just an easy 14 nothing run. But there were two failed drives yeah. in between those touchdowns. You're right. And it was their defense picking them up uh, after not scoring out of the halftime break. And it was uh, a relative unknown, Antoine Kincaid, who had the interception uh, in that third quarter after his offense did not get out there and, and, and put a touchdown on the board. Antoine Kincaid makes the interception, Bay Area's second interception of the game. Uh, and then it, it turns into another Justin Rankin touchdown run, and that was the score that put Bay Area ahead um, and, and, you know, ultimately was a big reason why they came out on top. But just wanted to give Antoine Kincaid a bit of a shout out. He had a really good game, five tackles and that interception. He's played in five games now on the year and has 10 and a half tackles and that one interception. So he had himself the game of the season for him so far with all of the depth Bay Area has at defensive back. We haven't seen a ton of him. He was added to the roster just before the week seven game in San Diego. Um, so he, he's not a guy who has been with the team all season long, but with some injuries, Tyrone Cromwell is on short-term IR, or he was on short-term IR. He has since been placed on season-ending IR, unfortunately. There's been some other guys who have been in and out of the lineup as well. He's been asked to play a little bit more in recent weeks, uh, and, and this one, certainly his, his best performance of the year. Bay Area probably does not win this game without the interception that he made in that third quarter. Yeah, and Atkins' role has, uh, pardon me, uh, Kincaid's role. I think I slipped up earlier saying that as well. Uh, no, Antoine Kincaid's role has really, I think, been a, a great display of 
you know, kind of the, the next man up mentality that this Panthers team as a whole has, has created. And, you know, a, a guy like on the defensive line, Nathan Talakai, hmm. who has kind of come on in recent weeks and supplied a, a sort of a speed, you know, versatile type of rusher up front, not your prototypical down lineman, but I think he's done a great job at keeping a guy like Ramon Atkins in space because of his speed. And then at the linebacking position, you know, might have noticed last week Darren Hungerford's impact on the big win against Frisco. Well, this week they went back to West Bowers. And that's, I think, a really nice two-headed monster that Rob Keefe has sort of created. It's it's unclear sometimes as to why a guy is in and out. Sometimes it's been because of injury, which Hungerford has suffered. But also sometimes it's just been able to keep guys fresh. You know, two weeks ago down in northern Arizona, Hungerford was healthy but was inactive for that game because Bowers had been playing some good football. Bowers then takes the seat against Frisco. Hungerford comes back from IR. And then this week they sort of flip-flop. So I like how that linebacking position, because you got to make some tough roster decisions, of course, keeping 25 active on game day has been able to, I think, benefit the Panthers as well as the players uh, because it's hard to play every single game in a IFL season with the amount of hitting that you do. And then Kincaid on the back end has been the guy that's sort of slotted in really wherever. So, you know, whether it's, it's Bridges, it's Atkins, it's Meadows, it's Stevens, if one of those guys goes down, Kincaid's the next man up in the secondary. And so he's got a tough role just having to adjust to basically whoever he's covered. And sometimes we saw him on Carrington Thompson, who is one of the best wide receivers in the IFL. We saw him trying to hunt down Ben Jones out of the backfield or coming up to make a stop against Mike Jones, a physical back and as well as, you know, a a pass catching back like, like Ben Jones, who had a big game as well. So, you know, I, I think he symbolizes the the mentality of this defense, which is no matter who's in, you got to get it, get in there and do your job. And he did a fantastic job against Tucson, helping change that game. Yeah, he really did. Uh, let's let's fast forward a bit to the start of the fourth quarter. I think that was the other key moment in this game, key stretch in this game. Tucson had a lead, 36-31. Bay Area is knocking on the door. Uh, and they don't quite execute a pitch play, which they use quite often, and it's worked uh, well for them a lot of times this season, but it was a failed pitch from Dalton Sneed to Justin Rankin. Rankin can't handle it. It's on the turf, and Tucson falls on it, and in the moment, you're thinking this is just a back-breaking turnover that will probably be the reason Bay Area can't win this game. They catch a bit of a break because there was a legal defense that really didn't impact the play much at all. It was one of the defensive backs lined up, not completely shoulder to shoulder with the wide receiver. And again, it wasn't really a forced fumble on that pitch by any defender. It was just a disconnect between Sneed and Rankin. Um, but that illegal defense penalty erases that turnover. Bay Area stays with the ball. And what, guess what happens on the next play? A touchdown to Cottrell Haywood through the air. That gives Bay Area the lead. And then the defense goes right back out there. And they force a turnover on downs by Tucson with goal to go. Tucson drives all the way down. They have, uh, you know, you know, goal to go, of course. And Bay Area forces a turnover on downs. They get the ball right back. Three plays, all Justin Rankin runs ends in a touchdown, and Bay Area suddenly is looking at a two-score game. There was a little bit of drama late, but that was really the sequence that won the game for Bay Area. And sometimes, Evan, it's 
it's better to be lucky than good. And Bay Area certainly got lucky on that turnover by Tucson that erased the penalty that led to the touchdown, which then in turn led to the, the turnover on downs. And then the next Bay Area touchdown without that unfortunate penalty on Tucson, we could have been looking at an entirely different result. No, you're spot on. And that's why I kind of off the top was talking about how this wasn't the most pretty game for the Panthers and they might have caught some breaks. Uh, another one that comes to mind, I forget if it was at the tail end of the first half or the beginning of the third half, but I make Watkins kind of has yeah. trouble trouble with the kickoff and nearly gets pinned back in the end zone for, for a rouge. And in a game that's a two-point separation, those are a big you know, that, that's a big point. That's a big two points potentially, or even more trouble could have happened, of course, if, if Watkins didn't get that ball and bring it out to the one yard line. So no, look, football is, is in many instances, a game of inches. And I think even Tucson on that penalty that you're talking about, Mark, there was some miscommunication on the tail end of the secondary. If you go back and watch the play, uh, the penalty was called on, I forget his name, but number 22 is the number that they called out. And he's trying to switch because the Panthers are bringing motion. They can read the pitch play that's coming. And 22 gets caught inside the belt, which, of course, the linebacker is only allowed to be inside the shoulders of, of each of the defensive linemen. And that's why he gets flagged for illegal defense. So that's a play where, you know, if, if he just is a little more heady or maybe a step quicker and gets to the outside of that belt, that play goes as a fumble and potentially a Tucson victory, depending on how the rest of the game shapes up. So the Panthers catch a couple of breaks, but most importantly, they capitalize on them. They maximize them. They don't shoot themselves twice and they don't let it infect what they're doing. You know, th th like we're, we're continuing to talk about the, the comfortability in these tight spots has been remarkable from the Panthers. And the fact that Justin Rankin fumbled the ball and lost it, not knowing that there's a penalty coming his way could have you know messed with potentially the next carry could have messed with Dalton Sneed trusting Justin Rankin, but they were able to find themselves in a position later in the game when they had to run the football and Dalton Sneed also puts that play behind him and immediately finds control Haywood. So I, I thought you're, you're right. That's a great, uh, play to kind of break down because it is where the game was won and lost in a way. Yeah, it, yeah, it really was. And those two scores, I, I said it it made a, a two-possession game. It, it gave Bay Area an eight-point lead. They went for two on that first touchdown. The Cottrell Haywood score didn't get it. It was a one-point Bay Area lead at that point. Then they get the ball back after the turnover on downs and score. They kick the extra point to make it an eight-point advantage. And then Tucson gets the ball back with about six minutes left. And this is where that defense making it really difficult on Tucson, despite the fact that they still gave up a score on this possession, the fact that they made Tucson take off nearly five minutes of time off the clock in a fourth quarter where it's an eight-point game, where Tucson is trying to score quickly. So if they don't get the two-point conversion, they have a chance to get the ball back if they're unable to get the deuce, you know, where you kick it off through the uprights after a touchdown to get a couple of points for free there. If all that fails, they need time to try to get the ball back and score again. So they're trying to go quickly, and Bay Area simply doesn't let them. They do eventually get into the end zone at the one-minute warning. They go for two, and then Trey Meadows makes the game-saving play, knocks a pass down incomplete in the end zone that would have tied the game. Bay Area gets the ball back, needing just one first down to ice it. Justin Rankin, a six-yard run. Dalton Sneed, a five-yard run. 
and that's the ball game. And Bay Area comes out on top with the win, 44-42 over the Tucson Sugar Skull. So uh, just a handful of really, really important plays in this one. Uh, and the reason why Bay Area came out on top, because uh, they were on the 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 better the better side, the positive side of more of those plays than Tucson was. Bay Area has been on the wrong side in road games like this in the past. Massachusetts and Northern Arizona were very similar to this kind of game. Just the difference, Bay Area made just a couple more plays than Tucson did in this one, and that's a big reason why Bay Area is now 6-3 and three on the year, 5-2 and two in conference play, and atop the Western Conference. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's uh, transition and, and start previewing what's coming up for the Bay Area Panthers as they return home to SAP. You're listening to the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Again, Bay Area returning home on Saturday, the 3rd of June, 6.05 kickoff from SAP. If you can't make it down there, we suggest you do. Tickets available at BayAreaPanthers.com. If you can't make it down there, kickoff at 6.05. You can listen on 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings, my partner here on the pod, will have the play-by-play. Uh, it should be a really fun game. First time we see Duke City this year. Uh, looking at some of uh, the numbers, Evan, this is a wildly different Duke City team from a year ago. They dominated Bay Area in both matchups last year. They come into this matchup against the Bay Area Panthers at 4-5, and 3-3 and three in conference play. Not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly a different team from a year ago. A different quarterback. Um, they've gone through a number of them this year. Remember, they were involved in that big trade that sent quarterback Nate Davis, one of the IFL's best, to San Diego in late April. They have since acquired Charles McCollum, who's an indoor football league, indoor football legend. He's been out of this league for a couple of years, uh, but he's been fantastic in his career. Uh, but this is an entirely new team from a season ago. So if you were in attendance at SAP when Duke City came to town last year, throw away the game program, throw away the roster, because there are almost... Uh, no holdovers from a season ago. This is an entirely new squad. 
No, and McCollum, like you mentioned, was was really good last week against Northern Arizona and a quality win against the Wranglers uh, at home. But unfortunately for Duke City, Mark, they are not playing at home. And <laughs> where they have struggled this year, like like most teams, has been on the road. And it's kind of interesting. If you just take a look at their season, they have played a little bit in reverse of the Panthers. They open up 2-1 and one, as opposed to the Panthers opening up 1-2. and two. Panthers, of course, have won five of their last six. Duke City has lost four of its last six. So this is a team that you know is trying to find an identity, trying to figure itself out. Uh, but just looking at their last couple of road games, and you know, one against Frisco, you can kind of toss out just because the Fighters have been extremely good. Um, the Panthers got their best punch and managed to win, of course, their last time at SAP Center. But they have their last four road games. Uh, not come close to to a single opponent. They have lost each of those games by double digits. The closest margin has been 11. And in the IFL, even an 11-point game can basically be be quite some separation. So if you're the Bay Area Panthers, this is a game that you cannot overlook because I think on paper, Duke City is not all that impressive. Uh, They're ninth in offense, 10th in defense, or, or, or close to vice versa. And... You know, this is a Panthers team that, in my opinion, on paper should win this football game and coming off of another big road win um, has a chance to defend home field yet again. And they already had a very emotional victory against Frisco last time they were at home. So so this is to me a not necessarily a get right game, but but a prove it game, because sometimes when you get into this middle part of the season, you can become a bit lackadaisical. And I think for the Panthers, this is an opportunity to prove that they are. And not only just the number two team, and of course number one in the Western Conference, but that they 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 can take care of business against a team that they should beat. Yeah, it was a forty-seven forty win for Duke City last week, as you mentioned, at home against Northern Arizona, which really helped Bay Area because Northern Arizona is the team that the the Panthers are fighting with atop the Western Conference. And after the results of last week, Bay Area winning and then Duke City knocking off Northern Arizona, there's a bit of space up there right now. Um, I I do think you look at the season stats and some of the numbers, I think it's a little bit misleading for Duke City, specifically on the offensive side. Uh, Charles McCollum has not been there all year. He's he's been with them for about a month now, uh, and he was really good against Northern Arizona, 12 of 16, 128, three touchdowns, and did not turn the ball over. Um, But he was acquired not in the deal that sent Nate Davis to San Diego, which kind of was a head scratcher for Duke City because at the moment they really didn't have um, any other quality quarterbacks on their roster. Now they did get a couple, Demry Croft and Aaron Aiken, uh, Aiken, excuse me, a couple of quarterbacks in that deal along with defensive lineman Jeremiah Kane. Um, and there was a bit of time where Duke City was riding with Croft and Aiken, and then they brought McCollum in. So I say all that. You know, the point being, I, I don't think some of their numbers from a, a season-long perspective accurately show how, their, their potency, I guess, on offense. I mean, they're 10th best in the IFL in, in points per game. They're dead last, believe it or not, in yards per game, just to take over 175. They're 12th in passing. They're 12th in rushing. They don't run the ball well. But with the addition of Charles McCollum, Evan, I would not be surprised if there's a bit of a slow climb from them as the season moves along. Now, it doesn't mean I, I think Bay Area is in serious trouble in this game. I think if they play their game, they should be able to come out on top. 
Um, but I, I think the larger point is, and something that you said, Bay Area can't overlook them. And I, I'm sure they're not. Um, but a big reason is is why I think that they might be a little more challenging than some of their numbers might suggest. It's just that they haven't had their current quarterback for the entire season. They're probably better with him than they were before. Yeah, and lastly, the one thing they do do well is turn teams over. Uh, That's how they've been able to stay in a lot of football games. Number one, interceptions leader, Roderick Chapman. He's got half of their IFL leading 14 picks. Uh, This is a team that's forced... You know, nearly 20 turnovers as a group. Uh, Byron Cooper in just two games this year has already forced a couple of fumbles. And then Jason Serta, who's been injured for most of the year, is I think second in terms of tackles per game at that linebacking position um, for Duke City. So, you know, they do have some some pieces on defense that would tell you that it's not as bad as maybe the numbers um, might project. But if Bay Area can take care of the football, which... Dalton Sneed has done just about as good as any quarterback, if not the best of any IFL quarterback. I feel pretty confident in them being able to win this game. And one one last thing I'll also mention, Mark, is I do think this game is important for Bay Area because looking ahead after mm-hmm. this, you got three very difficult road games coming up in which you head down to Arizona. They've got all their pieces back. You go to Vegas, who gave you a, a tough test here at home has been playing some better football lately. And then of course you go to Frisco in three weeks, uh, which is going to be a showdown that the entire league will be watching. So it's an important game just because you never know what's going to happen on the road. And even if the Panthers, like you're saying, you know, are on the flip side of a couple of these close road contests, you know, if, if you come out of this game with a win, then even if you happen to stumble and God forbid you lose all three road games, you're still above 500 in the driver's seat in the West. So it is important from that perspective as well. Yeah, huge game, huge game. It's it's coming up on Saturday at SAP 605 kickoff. Again, tickets available at bayareapanthers.com. If you can't make it down to SAP, I, I suggest you do. As Evan just said, the Panthers are hitting the road after this. They will not return home until the 10th of July, and that is the last guaranteed home date of the year. Two more home regular season games. Of course, Bay Area hoping for at least uh, playoff games and at least a home playoff game. Time will tell, of course, with that. But two more guaranteed home dates for Bay Area this year. So if you haven't made it out to SAP, suggest you do so. Uh, you can get it, get tickets again at bayareapanthers.com. But if you can't make it, no worries. Evan and I will have the call for you on 95.7 The Game Saturday uh, at 6.05 kickoff. We'll take the air right at 6 on 95.7 The Game, and it should be a lot of fun down at SAP Center in San Jose. That'll do it for this edition of the Bay Area Panthers pod. For my partner, Evan Giddings, my name is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Saturday from SAP, and then we'll catch up again next week here on the Bay Area Panthers pod. For now, though, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 